Hello, it's episode 15, and I just want to remind you that the Knicks still suck. Um, HBO is still the best network, and it's still not my fault. Hello, 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 my beautiful people. It's been a while. I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. I wanted to record a special session for you guys. Uh, thank you. Thank you for streaming. Thank you for downloading. Thank you for bootlegging. Thank you for hitting the barbershop, the laundry, wherever you came across this podcast today. Thank you again. Hit us up again on Twitter, on Instagram, Facebook, and so on. You can find us and continue on with the love. Hello, my people. Hello. So this week, you know, there's a bunch of topics to discuss. I've been away for a little bit. Um, I'm back. Obviously, there's a litany of things to talk about. We can talk about Knicks. We can talk about politics. We can talk about bananas. We can talk about anything under the sun. Um... And I'm probably going to touch a little bit of everything. Uh, what drove me to make this new episode, though, I was watching I was watching the documentary series, that four-parter, which, is, you know, it's a skewed view as well. You know, you, you, there's always three sides to a story, right? But it's just, it, HBO dropped this new documentary, the, the, the Defiant Ones. And it's about Jimmy Iovine, Interscope, Dr. Dre, and all of that, right? And I sat there and I'm just like mesmerized by this. Now, I don't know if it was the beer. <laughs> I don't know if it was the whiskey. I don't know if it was just that maybe I'm just tired and I just I wanted to watch this stuff. But it, I was mesmerized by this documentary. And at the same time, I'm keeping up with, with Trump Jr. And, and I'm keeping up with, with Frank Tikitaka. That's what I'm going to call him, Frank which I can't, you know, I'm going to try to pronounce his name right now. I'm going to butcher it. Frank Nicknickna. The Knicks draft pick from the first round, our first round lottery pick, who I'm actually very excited about. Though I do, I do offer some, uh, uh, I'm going to go ahead and, and, and go and just assage that a little bit. I'm going to go ahead and just, like, calm my enthusiasm a little bit because the man hasn't played yet. You know what I mean? He hasn't played yet. I got to see him play. This may be Bill, This may be Phil's Bon Voyage. It's like I left you guys with Frank Tikitaka. Let's call him Tikitaka. Tikitaka from now on. But Frank Tikitaka, I get into it in and out with a bunch of people on Twitter, a bunch of, uh, you know, Nick frauds and so on. Shout out to Blogo. You fraud him, motherfucker. He is a Phil fan. Till the to 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 his dying bed, he'll be a, a Phil fan, which I, which I I don't understand. But anyway, we can get into a Knicks blog. We'll do that. You know, I may 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 even include some commentary here and there. But we'll, we'll see. Anyway, um, but the fine ones, man, that you know HBO HBO does a good job. They do a good job consistently dropping great. Um, I don't even want to call it television because it's not even television. It's a script. It's subscription television. So it's like on-demand television, and they serialize it in a way that it's just like it's compelling. Everything they do is compelling. You know what I mean? Like I love Oz. I love Oz. 
I love The Wire. I love The Wire. I love Game of Thrones. And next week, Game of Thrones comes back. And if Jon Snow dies, I'm telling you now, that we riot, son. We riot. But HBO does a bang-up job from, from, from real sports on down to... Uh, what was that? What was that? What was I can't remember, but it's the cat club, right? With the what's his name? What's do in, in Nevada? He had like <laughs> the bunny ranch, the bunny ranch, you know, from the bunny ranch, real sex. All, HBO does a bang up job, you know, and the latest installment has been the Defiant Ones, it's four part series, whatever, which is on HBO Go. I don't know if it's four parts on like cable where you got to watch like four weeks of this shit, but on HBO Go, you can watch that shit non stop, right? So all four episodes are on streaming and it is great. Like, they're playing the music I grew up to. You know what I mean? Like, I remember nothing but a G thing. You know, I remember The Chronic. I remember NWA. You know, like, this was this was me, teenage mind, preteen mind, formulating my ideas of the world and everything, you know, matching music to what I was seeing in real life and understood of the community I was growing in on, on another coast, but on the West Coast, they was they were dealing with the same sort of shit. And it was just, it was great to see this. And then Marilyn Manson, and and I remember later on in my life, I met, uh, through my cousin, I met, I met this guy, his name was Dean, close friend of mine, his name was Dean. And I remember through him, Finding out who Nine Inch Nails was, Nine Inch Nails was, right? Because in the Bronx, 1955, Cedric, Cedric Ave and Burnside, you can see me, man. 179, I was there. There was no Nine Inch Nails. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I remember just visiting these guys in Garfield, New Jersey, back in the day, high school. And I remember Nine Inch Nails. And I and and I had no idea there was signed to Interscope. And I had no idea that like Dre. Well, Dre didn't have any part to do with Trent Reznor and, Inters- and, and, and Nine Inch Nails, but like they were all under the same family, under the same you know uh, label, Jimmy Iovine, and all this. And like HBO does a great job of just bringing this together, right? So I'm watching this and I'm just like mesmerized because it's like one bringing my childhood together, one bringing uh, uh, my experiences. I, I was there during the Crown Heights riots, right? I was there during that nonsense. I I was what ten, nine years old running around in the streets during a riot and shit. I had no idea what was going outside of I wanted to go play Street Fight in a video in a video store. Remember the video stores? Remember renting fucking cassettes and shit? I was in a video store playing Street Fighter and shit while the, the, the world was like erupting around me and people were throwing like rocks at Jews and you know, all that stuff and the Crown Heights riot. And I was there during that and I had no idea what was going on in terms of race relations and whatnot in a... In a macro view, like, you know, and, and like seeing a world view of it, I just lived it. You know, like I knew what it was like. It was like, yo, don't, don't, don't mess with the police. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then here comes Dre. And I remember Biggie. And I remember Pac. And I remember all that stuff. And I had no idea. Like back then, I had you know, no idea what a label was and what was going on with labels, which is it sad on me, you know. But, you know, Pac was signed to Interscope. Dre was on Interscope. You know, Snoop, Def Row. NWA before Interscope, you know, Atlantic, all that sort of stuff, Ray Charles. And then, you know, this documentary, I, I don't, I'm, I'm paying a lip service. I'm not, I, you know, and I can't pay it enough lip service. Watch it. It was, it was great. It was great. It was really good. It was really good TV. Um, 
And it's nothing that obviously, I guess at this point, uh, I don't know anymore because, you know, I've read up on it and I, I kind of know the history of like Interscope and Aftermath and all that business at this point. Uh, now that I'm 30 something years old, right? This is like the renaissance. This is, this is like when everybody in their late, their mid to late 20s and on is where you learn about life. <laughs> Everything is institutionalized up until you get past college. And college is like where you start the entry phase, like the do- that's where you walk through the door of like information. Everybody teaches you a certain way, and they teach you the the narrative, right? The narrative they teach you about you know U.S. history, and they teach you world history uh, on a skewed view, and all that sort of stuff. And no one tells you the other stories. And then after college, and in college, and after college is where you find out about the world and shit, right? So like this is all part of the growth plan. And, and and whatnot. But anyway, Interscope, I'm, I'm getting along with it. So, the Defiant Ones, it's great, man. It's fucking great. It's fucking great. Not only because it's just, it's just good TV and listening to, like, the drama. Because drama always sells, right? It's not just the drama of the fact that, you know, you know Dre slapping D. Barnes and, you know, Cube leaving N.W.A. and... Tupac getting shot like four or five times, all that stuff, you know what I mean? And Suge Knight. It's not just the drama. It's compelling because it's hearkening back to your youth. And I'm sitting there, I'm, I'm jamming along to the song. I was, I was, I'm here, I'm here lyric by lyric, dropping nothing but a G thing. To the folks, Snoop Doggy Dogg and Dr. Dre is at the door. Ready to make an entrance, so back on up. Cause you know we're about to rip shit up. Give me the microphone first so I can bust like a bubble. Compton and Long Beach together, now you know you in trouble. Ain't nothing but a G thing, baby. Too low depth, make us so we're crazy. Death Row is the label that pays, man. Unfatable, so please don't try to fake this. But uh, back to the lecture at hand. Perfection is perfected, so I'ma let them understand. From a young G's perspective And before me digger the bitch I have to find a contraceptive You never know she could be earning her man And learning her man And at the same time burning the man And this is this is what I'm talking about Like this shit I'm watching this shit And I'm singing along right And that's like empowering TV And kudos to HBO for that Because um, Along with the narrative And just watching And just you know Just uh, the intellectual knowledge And just you know Learning a story And being compelled by watching HBO and yeah, the stock prices going up, all that stuff. It it, it it attached itself to my to my soul because this is this is music I would sit up. I remember I would sit up in my bedroom and I had gone to the Wiz. Nobody beats the Wiz. Nobody beats the Wiz. Remember that? And I went to the Wiz and I remember buying the cassettes back then. I remember buying, you know, the Chronic. I remember buying nothing but a G thing. And it was like everything was this was junior high school for me, right? And this is like coming of age type of stuff. And um, I remember buying the cassettes and I would go home and I would just listen to this shit. Bone Thugs, Snoop, all them stuff, uh, you know, Fat Joe, AZ, Public Enemy, you know, and I grew up listening to that stuff. As much, just like you guys, I'm sure you guys grew up listening to 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 your own stuff, right? And And the same, if not... You know, different, a little different, but 
And I would sit there with the cassettes and I would listen to this at night, just on my own, looking out my window. I remember Billingsley Terrace up in uh up in the Bronx. Uh <laughs> I moved around, I moved around a lot. But um Billingsley Terrace, which is still on Burnside, it's right off of Burnside. And I would sit out and look out my window and I'd have my little my little my little cassette player and I would go to sleep listening to this shit. Right. And um I don't know, like it would just it would just like it would just bring me to another place. Which was real, but wasn't where I was at. Which is weird, right? Because I mean I could go down the stairs and see crackheads and see forties and see you know, beatboxing and a bunch of Puerto Ricans outside the eighty two Corolla and all that crazy craziness, you know. Um uh see the park was always its own thing. I could go play ball and I could see everything that the lyrics were rapping about. But I mean just Dre, just Dre, just the genius that he is, he put it together sonically in a way that was just, you know, I mean like right now, you can't help but vibe to that shit. And like he talking about taking contraceptives and getting gonorrhea. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and it was just everyday hood life was put together in a way and packaged together in a way that sold and was 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 celebrated. Now I don't know if that's wrong or right. I'm not gonna get into a wrong or right because for this for for. For this moment in time, I'm gonna say it was right because that was a that was that was just amazing. You know, somebody to validate your feelings in a way that just like you could jam to and shit. Have a have have some gin and juice and uh and jam to. Um it's great, man. And I, I mean I don't know. I'm not gonna do I'm not gonna take white America away from that. Uh I don't know what they felt listening to it. They probably just felt the same musical tones, right? But just having that connection, you know, was great. Uh, it's weird. I never heard anybody rap about, like, the Crown Heights riots. They weren't as big as LA riots, I would say, but considering Brooklyn is, you know, Brooklyn, I thought by now I'd have heard, I'd have heard a bunch of people rapping about that. I mean, I remember seeing, I remember seeing some fucked up shit. But anyway, um... <laughs> I'm sorry, I just went into a, mi- a second of like dark memory. But anyway, um The Defiant Ones. If you haven't watched it, watch it. Definitely worth watching. And then a little bit, you know what? Hey, let's let's transition real quick. Because I'm talking hip hop and all that crazy, but let's transition real quick. Because I remember the nineties, I remember the Knicks, I remember all that sort of stuff. And I remember the nineties, I remember Tim Hardaway. Specifically Tim Hardaway. And I'm not talking about Golden State Tim Hardaway. I'm talking about Tim Hardaway. UTEP two-step down in Miami. Pat Riley left us. He down in Miami, built that little squad down there, and they had they had they had Hardaway. Yeah, Smith. Smith Jr. Or Smith Jr. Smith Sr. Smith. And they had fucking Zoe. And I remember dealing with Miami year after year and fucking Tim Hardaway and all that shit, right? Now I remember dealing with that. And now his son. We drafted his son. We drafted him. And I remember, I remember during that draft, I sat there and said, <sighs> I literally did that. My man, Mike, 
Nick fan to to the T, Bronx legend, all that sort of stuff. See us on Twitter. Um, if if he if I am lying, he will strike me down right now. I remember I remember a sigh like, <sighs> fucking Tim Hardaway. But anyway, Tim Hardaway Jr. And we got Tim Hardaway Jr. And you know what? I was willing to deal with him. I said the kid, you know, he'll come up as a Nick, and he'll come up. His his father is who his father is, right? But um, he'll he'll, he'll come up and he'll do it. And he, you know, he did reasonably okay with us. You know, we, we sent him down to D League and all that sort of craziness, and then we let him go. You know, uh, you know, we we moved him. We moved him. We moved him. Phil, I'm not gonna say we. Phil moved him, and he he ended up in Atlanta. And he kind of blossomed down there in Atlanta. You know, he he went up from six points a game to 14, what, 14, 15 points a game uh, last season. And he made himself a respectable, you know, restricted free agent. Somebody that you might want to go after. You know, and, and you know, I'm not, I'm not even mad at the Knicks for going after him. Though I'm mad at the fact that we, dra- we dra- drafted him, we drafted him, we, him, we ha- had him, we let him go, and then we brought him back. That's close anyway. We brought him back. But what's crazy is that we gave the motherfucker $71 million. Listen, listen. If he lives up to the contract, I'll be the first one to eat my crow. But I'm telling you right now that Tim Hardaway Jr. not worth $71 million. He not even, he don't even think he's worth $71 million. Now, they paid him all that money. They paid him all that money. He was a restricted free agent. So, they, I, so... This is me again, kind of assaging that and and making it so that I can reason it in my head as to why we offered him so much money. They did it so that Atlanta couldn't match the offer and we get this player back, right? Um, you know, troops out. You know, cats out of the bag. No one wants to play in New York right now because it it is such a dysfunctional state. We still don't have a completely named GM though. <coughs> <coughs> Steve Mills is apparently running this show again. And and look back to a few episodes back. Who the fuck is Steve Mills, right? Um, so Steve Mills is running the show. And he went out there. His first thing to do was like, let me throw $71 million at Tim Hardaway Jr. And bring him in here and make sure that we get the two guards solidified. Even though we got ourselves uh, 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 Courtney Lee and Damian Dotson. Who, by the way, looks pretty good. Damian Dotson looks like he might be a legit two guard. Oh, oh, oh. and and he gave he gave Burgundy Ron Baker nine million dollars, basically eight and a half million dollars for two years. Uh, well, one year with the player option, so two years. You know, Ron is not going anywhere, and I'm fine. Burgundy met up. Yeah, yeah, Burgundy can make four million dollars. I could get myself. A million. I got some. I'm gonna lace them up, and I get myself a million. But anyway, that's another story. <laughs> but Burgundy got himself four million, right? And you know, it just goes to show where the Knicks are right now. So the Knicks are in a state of flux, trying to find leadership. And since we don't have solidified leadership, Allen Houston might be the answer. I don't think so, but Allen Houston might be the guy. And if he's a fucking guy, you know what? Just bring him up. Just bring them up. Forget, forget the goddamn D-League. Forget Westchester and just bring them over here and let them run the show. And you know what? He can't do worse. <laughs> he can't do worse outside of Isaiah and a sexual, you know, uh, the whole thing. He can't do worse. Bring him in here. Let him do it. 
And if you're grooming him, let him do it. If you're grooming Steve Mills, let him do it. Just let him do it. Name him, and that's it. You know how sad it is that Tim Hardaway Jr. is here doing his, his press conference after signing with the Knicks, and no one from the Knicks organization is there with him? It's just, it's remarkable. Obviously, it's a, it's a nest, it's a nasty situation with Phil and all that sort of stuff going on. But still, show some cojones. Come on, Steve. Come on, Allen. Come on, somebody. Terrence Gates is still here. Speak up. Frank Tiki Taka. I want to see Tiki Taka. You know? But it's crazy, man. And whatever. We threw away. I'm, I'm, let me take that back. We didn't throw away $71 million. We invested $71 million in Tim Hardaway Jr. And I hope he flourishes. I, I, I really want to see Damian Dotson come up. I don't want to see Melo move. I, 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 I think I want to see a team with Frank Tiki Taka. <laughs> I want to see Damian Dotson come up off the bench, if not starting. Courtney Lee. Tim Hardaway is uh, he, he's he's paid as a starter, so Tim Hardaway is going to start. So it's, it's Tiki Taka, Tim Hardaway. Then we're looking at maybe Courtney at a three. Burgundy. I'm gonna bring it back to Courtney. Courtney at a three. Melo at a four. KP at a five. That's a crazy scenario, man. Melo's not a three anymore. He's just not running as hard as those threes that you see on the wing anymore. So he needs to be a four. But we got Willie. Free Willie. Willie Hernan Gomez. So Willie's got to play our five. So we're talking about Tiki Taka, Timmy Hardaway, Melo, KP, and Willie Hernan Gomez. Nah. Nah. And I'm a mellow stand like like anybody else. Uh, 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 probably the worst mellow stand that you could come across. But I guess in that scenario, uh, I don't know, man. I'm hoping, you know, if we're going to do that, then let's bring in Rondo. Let's bring in Rondo and let's just try it the fuck out. You can't do worse. This is what I tell my, my Nick family and Nick friends and Nick fans and, and just people that just buy. You can't do worse and if a complete rebuild is not on the table <clears throat> 71 million to Timmy Hardaway is probably not a complete rebuild a complete rebuild is not on the table fuck it bring in Rondo he plays D he'll pass the ball to Melo and KP bring him in here let Frank sit on the bench come off get his minutes and learn from a vet Bring him in here. Rondo. Hardaway. Mello. KP. Willie Hannon Gomez. I could deal with that. In a shitty East, Eastern Conference? I could deal with that. That's an eighth seed in my head. It is. <laughs> that's, that's, that's how war-torn... And, like, abused I am as a Nick fan. <laughs> I'm sitting here saying, an eighth seed, fuck it. Let's do it. Give me a playoff game. Even though that's fucking foolish, we're not going anywhere. 
So we might as well blow it up. But you know what? If management is not going to blow it up at this point, fuck it. Give me some playoff games. Uh, enough Knicks, man, because I could sit here. I, you know, you know, this is pretty much what my Twitter was not intended. My social media outlets were not intended to be uh, Nick streams. I didn't want this to be a Nick podcast or a Nick blog. I don't think I'm qualified enough to be one. And then secondly, it's kind of, it just hurts. It hurts to like consistently talk about how this functional, this team is, especially because I came up watching a semi-dynasty. You know what I mean? Like we were, we were perennial powers on the East Coast and in the NBA. Like the Knicks of the 90s? My God. Like how lucky was I to watch that sort of basketball? How lucky was I to know what the Knicks were during that era? And if it wasn't for one man and, and you know what? As much as I shit on him, not one man, that whole team, two-man show. Let's call it a two-man show in Chicago. The Knicks will probably have two, maybe three rings during that span. But, like, that's the level of competition I grew up with and, and who I identify with. And since 2001, <laughs> that's been just a fucking nightmare. Consistently a nightmare. Year after year after year, we had one moment one blip one blip when mellow almost did it with us jr and shumpert tyson before uh before he got himself manhandled by fucking uh uh indiana roy hibbert who apparently became a man <laughs> during that series and destroyed ty chandler no leg day, Ty Chandler. Like, that was the year. And Stoudemire fucked us. Remember his injury shit with punching fucking fire extinguishers? Like, we had a chance. And that was, that was it. And we screwed the pooch, right? Went out the window. And we're back. Mired in, like, nickdom for the last... 16 years. Jesus, saying that out loud just hurts. 16 years. Half, almost half of my lifetime has been horrendous basketball as a Nick fan. Wow. And, you know, I'm no less fan today than I was back then. What I am is more conscious of the bullshit. But you know what? Let's let's be let's be optimistic here. We're playing for an AFC an AFC. <laughs> I can't even say it with a straight face. We're playing for something, right? And I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I sorry I bridged off of like the deviant ones and defiant ones. I'm sorry. Deviant. That's me, I'm a deviant. The defiant ones and and moved off to like the Knicks, but they needed their moment. This Tim Hardaway shit needed his moment. That 
you know, Dolan needed his fucking moment. Steve fucking Mills needs his moment. Loopy Blogger, all these guys that going on the Knicks nonstop. It's, 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 it, you know what? They make money for us because we got shit to talk about for days because it just doesn't stop. It's a goddamn soap opera. It's a novella every single week. Every week. And I semi-subscribe to the no publicity is bad publicity. But like, at this point, give me something as a fan, man. Just say something. Tell me something. That'll 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 make me think you have a head on your shoulders and you're just not like bending me over, man. And that's just what they're doing. That whole they're just bending me over, man, and bending us over. With just like a dab of Vaseline, not even like really lubricating, just like a dab of Vaseline, man. Oh, enough, Nicks. Enough Knicks. We're not going to get into the Trump shit. We're not doing it. And I hope you guys listen to the banana episode. I'm actually surprised we're here at the 15th episode. Um, not like that's a huge milestone. There's people with like 400, 500 episodes on podcasts. Maybe more than that, right? But, you know, 15, I didn't think I, didn't think I was going to get to 15. Um, I didn't have a number in my head. I kind of just wanted to, to dab at this, have some fun with it. See, uh, see what I can do with it, and uh, and conversely, see if I entertain anybody with it, and 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 I'm happy to admit that I have, and I've been able to, and I've largely accomplished those small goals. And now let's get on to some bigger goals. I want people, every, I want all y'all drink a banana milk. I didn't talk about it in the last episode. I drink this shit religiously. Bananawave.com. They're not paying me for this goddamn plug. But Bananawave.com. So I watched that documentary, What the Hell. You know, you've seen the memes. You probably had a friend, a co-worker, family member tell you about the damn documentaries on Netflix. If you haven't watched it, watch it now. And um, they're not paying me either. Uh, so I watched this documentary kudos to my girlfriend she was watching it and i walked in and she's watching it and i sat down and watched it and this shit threw me back like i can't eat anything anymore man i can't eat anything anymore uh everything is fucked up and we know this the sad part is i'm watching this documentary but i know everything it's saying to me in broad terms not specific and that's what's really good about the documentary i didn't see the specifics or i didn't see how targeted this stuff is right but I know the food rating is shit, but you know what? What are the options? There are no easy options. And I'm going to put an emphasis on easy because easy options are what we fall into. And we're not, and I'm not trying to demonize people and myself specifically. I'm trying to forgive myself for this, but people specifically, we don't fall into these traps or these uh, habits because they're not powerful. The power of like, coming home from work and having some uh, easily prepared meal and all that sort of stuff is just phenomenal, right? So I watched this documentary and I find out how red meat obviously is, you know, all the carcinogens and it's shitty. And you know what? Oh, let's switch to white meat. But uh, 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 white meat is almost as bad, probably just as bad. The guy said is literally what the, the, uh, the, the choice between getting shot or hung. What? You know what I mean? 
And um, I watched this documentary, and, and I was like, you know, I got to give up meat. But I can't give up meat totally. I've gone 30-plus years of eating that sort of stuff, so it's ingrained in who I am. Though, that doesn't mean I can't change. So going cold turkey is, is probably a bad approach because I'm going to fall... I'm going to fall and I'm going to just binge on like five guys one day, right? Um, so no, I, I, I've taken an approach where I'm going to drastically reduce the amount of dairy and meat I take in as a whole with the goal that I will go to a 100% plant-based diet in the future, i.e. the near future. How near, I haven't decided yet, but I'd say within the next one to two years. Maybe even a lot sooner than that, because I, I, thought, I thought the transition would be really hard, and it hasn't been that hard. Maybe because I'm weird. I like soups and vegetables, so that, that, that kind of works in my favor. But if you don't, maybe it'd be harder for you. But anyway, um, and one of those things was, you know, I, I got... I had the Instagram account and I got I got followed by by I, I don't even remember following this account. I don't know how I followed it. Maybe I saw a weird photo. I I, I don't remember. I honestly, honest to God, just don't remember. And I remember getting a like from this account called Banana Wave. And you see these notifications, and I'm like, Banana Wave? What the fuck is Banana Wave? So I click on Banana Wave, and lo and behold, it's fucking banana milk. Like a dairy replacement. Banana milk, which happens to age from like, there's a recipe from like 3000 BC. So this shit is ancient and like great, right? So I'm like, what the fuck? But I never heard of banana milk, right? Uh, banana wave, what is that? So it's a company down in Florida. They have this banana wave, is banana milk, and they're they're trying to expand in, in a nutshell. They're trying to get exposure, uh, trying to get uh, some penetration in the market and, and do something different, right? So whatever. Uh, I haven't spoke to these people, I don't know, but I just, I just know the Instagram account and, and they have a website bananawave.com and you can find uh, banana milk at your local retailer somewhere you can find it you can order directly from them right so i saw this account i hit like on one of the photos or whatever it may be and that was it it was just in the back of my mind so i go a couple weeks to china uh, a couple weeks ago to go to chinatown and i'm buying fruits rambutan and all that sort of rambutan by the way mvp i love rambutan it's such a weird looking fruit and tastes so good but anyway uh, i get that and I stop in an H-Mart in the city. And if you're not familiar with H-Mart, it's a Korean supermarket uh, chain. Um, similar to, I guess, your traditional supermarkets, but they're, 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 they're primarily Asian goods, Korean goods. Um, and they have some superstores, which I guess to me are kind of like Korean Walmarts or something like that. But I don't know. But they are Sam's Clubs or whatever, maybe. But they have like samples and whatnot in some. And it's great. And I love going there for seafood because I love live crab. So I'm always getting blue crab from H-Mart. So anyway, uh, um, I walked into H-Mart. We were trying, uh, me and my girlfriend, we were trying to get um, fruits and veggies. We we're trying to go to and kimchi because she's big on kimchi. And I tried it once and kimchi was great. And... Um, as soon as we walk in, in the aisle, I see Banana Wave. And I said, get the fuck out of here, Banana. Uh, look at this shit. This is the Instagram account that I follow. But I've never seen this before. You know what? I'm going to buy it. What's that about, right? And so I buy the Banana Wave. 
And I get home, you know, I try this shit in her house and we try it. And it's really freaking good. Like really, really freaking good. And I say, you know what? Bye-bye dairy. And it sucks because I love yogurt. But I'm like, bye-bye dairy. I'm going with banana milk. And my protein shakes, which I have no egg in them. And my protein shakes with banana milk. And I'll be all right. And anyway, I'm almost a month into that. And it's freaking great. I buy jugs of banana milk, 32 ounces at a time. They come in these Tetra Packs, so they're pretty they're pretty solid. I drink my 8 to 16 ounces a day, sometimes every other day. And I'm fine, man. And it's really good. And I don't feel the stomach burbles and all that stuff from, like, being lactose intolerant and whatnot. And I'm not diagnosed as lactose intolerant, but I'm watching that Watch the Health documentary, and they say that, like, two-thirds of the world are, like, lactose intolerant. And I'm like, shit. Most of the human population doesn't drink milk or isn't supposed to drink milk, but we drink milk anyway. But anyway, so I switch it to dairy, uh, non-dairy uh, uh, banana milk, and I'm feeling fucking great. So Banana Wave, Banana Milk, go try it out. Find a retailer, Whole Foods, wherever you may be. I don't think it's in Whole Foods, but anywhere. Bananawave.com. Check it out. Hit me on Twitter. Hit me on IG and tell me that this shit worked for you because it worked for me. And we don't need to drink milk. Lactate or not. Put it in your cereal. I love Frosted Flakes with bananas. Now I got Frosted Flakes with banana milk. Next step is to get rid of Frosted Flakes. <laughs> That's a hard, hard fucking step. But, um, yeah. Craziness, man. So this week I'm going to wrap it up. I'm going to wrap it up. We're at about 40, 30 something minutes here. I don't want to make a long episode. This is going to be pretty much, a, a, a in a way, a check-in. I don't have a, a, solidify, a, a solidified topic for this episode, but I wanted to check in. I wanted to let you guys know I'm alive. The pod is still going. Um, the cabinets, chests, are still coming. I've been in negotiations to get some production going. And um, outside of that, man, you know, life is good. You know, I, I I came across I came across a very interesting quote today. Very very kind of like prophetic, and I don't want to go ahead and like that and make this sound like like I'm dropping gems for everybody that you know you just don't know about because I think I think everyone knows this. Um, it was a it, it, I was I was on an article. I was I was looking at an article and then I just like randomly came across this thing and it was an article on Forbes talking about like sports money and all that sort of stuff, right? And you know Forbes does these overlays with like quotes and all that sort of stuff. And you know, I I I've been I've been I've had my own little kind of uh mental negotiations or mental like uh hurdles that I guess I've been going through for the last few months and so on you know whether it be school whether it be family whether it be work whether it be on you know stuff the stuff that we all face daily right and i'm one of these guys specifically and i'll, I'll throw myself under the uh, under the bus here i'm one of these guys that like is awesome at ideas and then when it comes to implementing ideas it's, it gets tough because maybe i don't have an experience in it and maybe i just let like 
my own self-doubt creep in a little way, right? And if it doesn't apply to you, then more power to you. You already lived this. But if it does apply to you, remember this quote. Because I think it's powerful. I've made it my background. Like, literally, it's my phone and shit. And it's one of my guys, Walt Disney. His quote. The way to get started is to quit talking and begin doing. So you want to be healthier. You want to live longer. You want to look better. You want to earn more. You want to build. You want to create. You want to branch out. The way to get started is to quit talking about it and begin doing and let's do that, baby. Episode 15, 2017, not my fault. Let's just do it. AKA Nike. <laughs> all right, fellas. All right. Not even fellas. I was going to say fellas. All right, my peoples. I love you all. Again, if I pissed you off, if I annoyed you, I bored you. I've done any, anything to evoke an emotion in you. I want you to know that it's not my fault. Because <laughs> it's never my fault. All right, my peoples, you listen to the click. Bye-bye. Deuces! <laughs>